Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Today I'm flying solo as my co-pilot Lil Baron is out of town. Uh, we'll have her back in the studio next week, I believe, uh, but we wish her the best and uh, we're going to move forward as best we can. It's worth noting that we are in the middle of summer, and for those of us in the northern hemisphere, at least, it's the middle of summer. It's been hot, at least here in St. George, Utah, it has been, and that got me thinking a little bit about hydration, and when I was thinking about that, I stumbled on an article from Eat This, Not That that's called Four Drinking Habits That Speed Up Your Metabolism. Now, that wasn't what I was thinking about, but it caught my attention. It's written by Kayla Garitano. And uh, there was some good stuff in there. So I thought I would share it with you today. Here's the thing for all of us, aging is inevitable. And as we grow older, signs of aging show up in our bodies. That's just the way that it works. And that includes our metabolism, which may slow down as we get older. And just like everything else we do, we try to find ways to slow down that aging process. And our metabolism might be no different for most of us. So, you know, we try to do things like exercise or change what we eat and drink. Here's the thing, metabolism, it's just, it's a complex set of physiological processes that dictate things like our body temperature, our cell growth and repair, our managing hormones and our food digestion. That's according to Molly Hembry, who is a registered dietitian. She says that unfortunately, certain beverages don't directly increase or decrease metabolism by the, you know, the act of, of the, uh, the specific beverage itself. Um, Amy Goodson, who is also a registered dietitian, agrees with that. She says, not there's no one thing, whether it's a food or a beverage that speeds up your metabolism. That's just the reality of the way that it is. Um, to say that a food or a beverage speeds that up is not scientifically accurate, she says, but there are some things that can indirectly contribute to it, whether it speeds it up or slows it down. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Not a magic drink or anything like that, but some drinking habits that might potentially help with your metabolism and ultimately contribute to weight loss, which is one of the things that we're looking for oftentimes. The first one shouldn't surprise anybody, and that is to drink lots of water. Dr. Hembry, or excuse me, um, Hembry, she's not a doctor, but she suggests drinking adequate water as a great way to help speed up your metabolism after the age of 50, especially. Uh, she says 11 and a half cups a day for women and 15 and a half cups a day for men are the total fluid recommendations. That's quite a bit. That's probably more than most of us are getting. Uh, but she says at least half of that should be as 100% water. If you wanted to add any extra flavor, she says maybe try drinking lemon water. That may help improve your digestion and promote fullness, leading to aiding in your weight loss. The next thing that they talk about is to drink beverages with protein. Of all the macronutrients, protein takes the most energy to break down and digest. That's according to Goodson. As dietitians, we often say protein helps you get full faster and helps you stay full longer. And that is due to the fact that it has a slower digestion rate than carbohydrates or fat. And therefore, Goodman recommends sipping on beverages with protein. Examples include those made with cow's milk. Uh, Greek yogurt is a good option. Protein powder, which might help keep your metabolism in high gear as well as curb your appetite. 
Uh, also, they say avoid drinking lots of alcohol. Avoiding excess alcohol intake has been shown to support a healthy metabolism. That's according to Hambry. Uh, she says excess alcohol intake would be more than two drinks a day for men and more than one drink a day for women. If consumed in moderation, drinking alcohol isn't as bad as it seems. However, overconsuming the beverage can lead to not only weight gain from empty calories, but also comes with other health issues like heart problems and hypertension. So avoid excess in alcohol. And then the last thing that they mention is to sip on green tea. So Goodson says one of the most powerful drinks for weight loss is green tea. The catechins found in green tea are antioxidants that have been shown to potentially increase fat burning and elevate metabolism. Additionally, Goodson also says that the caffeine found in green tea may help improve exercise performance by providing a little bit of a boost of energy. And for increased benefit, she suggests trying to consume matcha, which is a type of green tea that is highly concentrated in those antioxidants. And there you have it, four drinking habits that might help a little bit to heat up your metabolism and keep you hydrated as well. Today's guest is one of our amazing athletes. CJ Taylor has competed at the Huntsman World Senior Games nine times, and she's already registered for her 10th this year. She'll be playing softball with Jolico 70s, and we're excited to visit with her. CJ, welcome to the show. Hi, good to be here. So uh, 10 years coming up with the Huntsman World Senior Games. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a milestone. It is, it is, but I've been playing for so long. It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> the, the years just add on. Now, CJ, now. You, you, you and I had the opportunity to meet in Fort Lauderdale at the National mm-hmm. Senior Games where you were also playing softball. Uh, bring me up to speed. How did it go there in Fort Lauderdale? How'd you guys do? Um, we finished second. Okay. Second. Um, so you did pretty good. We're, we're, um, we're kind of uh, our team. We have a we have like four teams that are under the same sponsor of Jalico. Yeah, and um, we kind of rotate and go up the hill, which has always made us a really good team. Yeah, um, we're kind of right in the middle of that, uh, where seven of us were ready to go up to seventies. So. Um, but the 65s wanted to play one more year together. So there's a couple of players, uh, Penny and I, we've been playing together for about 25 years, I guess. And so we decided that we would play on both teams this year. Oh, well, okay. And <laughs> the coaches were nice enough because we have a couple other players that really wanted to play, uh, both at least play seventies. So they, the coaches got together and they arranged the tournament. So there would never be any conflict. So, that's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Um, nine <laughs> tournaments is a lot of ball playing. That's you. a lot of games for anybody to play for sure. Yeah. So, so within the Jolico system, and it, it sounds like what you have set up there is a really great system where mm-hmm. senior softball players are able to come in and then you work your way up through that ladder. But it does sound like occasionally you're going to reach a point where you know half of your team is in one age group and the other half stays down in the lower age group. And that presents a few challenges along the way, I would guess, right? It does. And I think that uh, for the most part, what happened to us a couple of times was that we stayed down a little bit too long because we waited for a couple yeah. of players that may be a year or two. So when you do that, you lose a year or two of your best and youngest team. Sure. So 
That did have, I mean, we did pretty good though. For the most part, we won several, several championships and, you know, I couldn't be prouder to be on a team like that. It's just been a great team. A great well, squad. And that's the goal, right? You, you play the game to win the game. So, that's it. so, so you've been playing softball, senior softball for a long time. Did yeah. you start playing softball as a senior or is this something that you've been playing throughout your whole life? I've been playing softball actually since I was nine. And uh, that's a big thing for how old I am, because back then they really didn't have a lot for girls, as you know. And um, I got on my mom's, uh, my church team, and I went out to her practices all the time. I had no intentions of being, I didn't think they'd put me on the team, but they let me bat one time and the coach recruited me. (laughs) (laughs) That long sleeve, short sleeve uniform became a long sleeve on me. And uh, it was a, a very, very funny thing. And the story I have about that is very cute because uh, we had this one team that was in the league that was extraordinary. I mean, the pitcher was so fast. It was just, you know, so nobody could hit her. Well, I get up there, this little kid, you know, it's about three feet tall, baggy uniform. Yeah. And the whole team on defense goes, oh, and she pitched the ball to me underhand. Like underhand just a slow bit. pitch. And I hit the ball out to left field. And then the next time, next two times I got up, that was it. I, I never saw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> she, le- she learned her lesson. huh? She did. And so did I. And I'm not going to be able to hit that for a little while. So I got a little bigger. So, <laughs> so even, even as a, just a, a young girl, you had the opportunity to play now. Have you, did you always play fast pitch or was it a combination of fast and slow pitch as you were growing up through the system? Well, I played fast pitch. Um, you know, the school ball wasn't much back then, uh, but my my uh, my PE teacher was nice enough to get me on a travel team that were mostly older people. But I went there and I started playing with them, and then I was their um, leadoff batter and uh, center fielder. After I, I broke into the system, it took me a little while to to get there, but started playing there. And then I was um, the pro team came around. And I went and tried out for the pro team in 1976. And that was fast pitch also. And um, I made the team and did did pretty good. I made this all-star team, I guess, two years out of the, the three years that I was playing. Um, and my story there is, <laughs> is a good one. <laughs> Joan Joyce, I'm sure you've heard the name. Um, yes. Extraordinary pitcher, extraordinary athlete. Um, just did a lot of lot of things and broke a lot of records. And so we were playing them in uh, Connecticut where their team was based out of their pro team. She was the, she was the, their pitcher and she had a no hitter going at six inning. And um, I get it. <laughs> I'm going to hit the ball. I just said, she's going to throw me a rise ball. I know she's going to throw me a rise ball that first pitch. So I'm going to stay off of it. I did. It was out of the zone. And then I knew she wasn't going to let me get another ball because that's the way she was. Yeah. So that that time I said, okay, I'm guessing it's going to, I'm going to swing as hard as I can. And I hit the line drive over the right field fence. I was a left-handed batter and I got halfway down the line. I jumped so high in the air. I was so excited. It was probably the best thing ever happened to me at this time. Well, Joan is on the mound. She's got her arms crossed and she's watching me all the way around. <laughs> I was not her friend after that. And the girls on the team, I go, I want the ball. Can I get her to sign it? And they're like, you are not going anywhere near her. <laughs> <laughs> she's probably not in the mood to sign that ball right no, now. No, she was not. So, but then after amateurs, after a pro ball, I went, I had to get my amateur status back if I wanted to play. And they allowed me to play slow pitch. 
um, for a year. And uh, we had a couple of players on the team that were from Wayne State University. And they um, came down and asked me, did you, you know, have you ever played college ball? And I said, no, I never had the opportunity. And they asked me, what would you like to? And I was, well, I would like to, but, you know, I have two kids, one three and one one and uh, a husband. So I said, but if he's on board, then, yeah, I want to do it. It's on my bucket list. You better believe it. I was 31 at the time. Wow. And my husband, my husband's been great through this whole thing. So. He said, look, we can arrange it. You know, it's something you always want. Well, at the time, I was still working full-time. I was working full-time for a judge in Oakland County that recruited <laughs> me to his team. He said, I will give you this job if you come play for me. So, so my softball got me some, some good things. But anyways, oh, so, I was, so was he the was he the was he the sponsor of the team? At the time, yes. Yeah, so okay, the, the slow okay. pitched team. But we weren't playing the school year, wasn't in the same season because we're in Michigan. Right. So you don't play in the winter. And we started playing in the winter there and I made the team. And I mean, he came down and he said, they brought the coach and he says, I want to give you a full ride. And I was like, Whoa, what? <laughs> I didn't really think it was going to happen. I thought these girls were just talking out of the top of their head. <laughs> and uh, so I ended up playing one year. Um, I only got two years eligibility because I had played pro, but they gave me, gave me uh, two years and okay. I only got to play one because we moved, but I did pretty good in there. And they used to call me grandma until I told them the kids on the team, I said, if you can beat me in a race, you can call me grandma. Otherwise <laughs> you aren't calling me that. <laughs> None of them could. So and you could still outrun them <laughs> even at 31 with two kids. And exactly. One away, right. Right. And then uh, I was pregnant and nobody knew it at four months, four months into the season. Didn't tell anybody except my husband, of course. And uh, cause I would probably lost my scholarship, but I finished the Maybe. season. Yep, with a 383 and 62 hits led the team. Wow, CJ. That is amazing. So at 31 years old, you walk into a, a college scholarship. I mean, that doesn't just happen to everybody, right? That just doesn't happen. That just doesn't come along in everybody's life. But how, how did you feel at that time? Like what was going through your head? Like that had to have been a pretty amazing feeling. It was extraordinary and unbelievable to me. You know, I mean, it was something that I had always dreamed of doing. Of course, once I started having a family and being up, you know, 30 years old, I was like, well, that's not going to happen. Right. So, you know, everything is possible. You never know if you work hard and you stay committed and dedicated. And I no, it doesn't happen to everybody. I was very blessed, I think. And it just fell into my hands, happened to be in the right place at the right time. And so, yes, I feel very, very grateful that I got well, to do that. And, you know, like you said, some of it's timing and, and there's a little bit of luck in everything that we do, no question about it. But there's also a lot of dedication and sticking around and staying in shape and doing the things that you do. I want to take one step back, just rewind a little bit and talk about right. your professional career. Now, I think there might be a lot of people that maybe would be surprised to hear that there was a professional league for women uh, softball players in the, in the 70s. This is just right after Title IX, so it's kind of a new world. There's kind of these new opportunities that had never been available before, all of a sudden are now available. And I think there's you know, some scrambling to try to figure out what that means and how do we make this work and put it all together. But talk a little bit about, your, about the professional league. How many teams were there? Uh, was it, you know, all across the United States or was it just mostly on the East coast, West coast? What did that look like? No, it was, um, it was the whole United States. The first year we had the most teams, which were 10. There were five out on the, um, West coast. 
and then uh, one in St. Louis, and then there were Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, Connecticut, of course, and um, I'm trying to remember the other ones. It's been it's been a minute. It's been a few. It's been a few <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so, but there was ten, and um, only the following year it dropped down to six, I believe, because there just okay. wasn't enough, you know, interest. And uh, they weren't making enough money, you know, because we travel. I mean, we would go out to the West Coast just like the pros do. We'd stay out there. Yeah. We'd play every single team out there, four teams in California, one in Arizona. And, um, I mean, it was the greatest experience ever, ever, especially back then. I mean, you just never thought you would play a professional sport. I didn't. Yeah. Never. I mean, the only thing you could have, you know, that I could have ever done to pursue would probably have been tennis or golf. And I wasn't playing tennis. I was a golfer, but softball was your sport though. It was my sport that I love. And I also played ice hockey too. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just are full of surprises. CJ. You just keep on going. Yeah. I love well, let me ask you, this. you don't, you don't have to disclose any numbers or anything like that, but could you make a living as a professional softball player or was it more supplementary? Well, I mean, back then, I suppose I, I know I made some of them only made a hundred. I made 200. They offered me 200. I think it was hundred the first year. And then Buffalo played for Michigan, Michigan went under. I was uh, drafted by a California, California team. Buffalo traded for me. I ended up in Buffalo, which is great because it was only five hours from Michigan where I lived. But yeah, so they offered me 200, which, you know, I mean, not, of course that's not a lot of money, but it was, a good, you know, a good amount for back then, at least to get you by through the summer. They provided you all your food, your lodging, your travel. So it was more for the experience than, you know, <laughs> the multi-million dollar contract. Yeah, no, no question about that. Now, when you say 200, are you, say, are you talking about 200,000? Are you talking about $200 a game or? $200 a week. <laughs> a week, Okay. <laughs> Two hundred thousand. Okay, I'm in, man. I'm you could going. you could almost make a living on two hundred thousand a year in 1976 if if you had yeah, to. You, that'd be you, kind of like almost a million back then. <laughs> easily, easily. Yeah. So, so two hundred dollars a week, and again, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't need you to to disclose numbers, but that gives you kind of an idea of what we're dealing with. And um, what an incredible opportunity, though. Seriously, CJ, <laughs> like you said, I mean, for for many women in your position, it just had to have been this amazing dream come true to be able to be a professional athlete in the sport that you love to do. How how many years did the, did the league stick around? Do you know the answer to that? Um, I believe it was only four years. So I, I left in the, after the third year, um, I was two years in Buffalo, one in Michigan. And then, uh, I left, I was getting married and they wanted to, um, decrease what I was making. It just didn't fit into my plans at the time. So I wanted to get married. No, Hey, life (laughs) happens. We all, we all move on. We make those big decisions. We do the the good things in our lives. So you, so you moved on and then you Mm -hmm. did get married. You started a family, but then, like you said, you had this amazing, incredible, unbelievable opportunity to go back and play college ball. How cool is that? It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, so then you finish up with that. And like you said, you had to move, you weren't able to finish the two years that they had offered to you. Right. Did you, did you continue to play even recreationally then, or did you really oh, take yeah. a break and raise your family? What happened during that frame? No, I basically never stopped. I mean, I would, I would, that was, that was one thing <laughs> I can remember my husband 
was talking about getting married, was whatever proposal, whatever. And he was like, started to say something about softball. And I said, if you're going to ask me to make a choice, I said, you're not going to like, you may not like the answer. Right. So he never did. And he was very supportive, though, after that. So that was a good thing. (laughs) You got to lay those ground rules down, right? Yeah, you got to. I never stopped him from hunting and fishing and boating. And of course, I do those things, too. So it was kind of unfair. But (laughs) sounds like it's a great partnership that you guys have. That's that's awesome. I think that's that's a great example to all of us. Um, I want to talk just a little bit. We've only got, I don't know, three or four minutes left, but I want to talk a little bit about senior softball. So you continue to play, you played, you know, any way that you could, and I'm sure you played in a variety of different leagues. And there were probably lots of times when you were, you know, the oldest player on the field, but how did you feel when you got that opportunity to step onto a senior softball diamond and be surrounded by women in the same situation that you are, you know, same age, How, how does that feel? I mean, it was really, it was a great feeling because I, I, we got to go in, like I said, Penny and I, that's where we kind of started off back. We were 46, I believe. And at that time they were, they were allowing two players between 46 and 50 to play on the fifties team. And her and I were those players and uh, we went right up you know, the grandfathering in all the way up. So we did 46, 47, 48, 49. We finally made 50 and we were there, you know, just a, just a while we played fifties and then the same, then we just went up the hill from there, you know, 55, 60s, right. 65s. And now, and now here you are. Here I am. Seventies. Mm-hmm. Seventies. I can't believe it. I can't even still believe that I'm that old. <laughs> so well, you know, I think we all, we all feel that way after mm-hmm. a certain age. Like when you're 10, you definitely want to be 11. There's no question about that. But there, there, there's a point where you're like, okay, I'm 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 done with my birthdays. I'm gonna you know kind of put that aside for now. But I've noticed that with senior sports and senior athletes, there does come a time when that that 10 year old comes back out, you know, and you want to just get that next age up so you can you can get up into the age group. And like you said, you you're the young ones in the age group, and you get to have that just that boost of energy all over again. And you take advantage of that. Now, CJ, you've been playing softball your entire life, your whole life, which is, which is amazing. I mean, congratulations on that. This isn't even a fair question, but of all of those years of softball, is there one memory that just stands out as like, wow, this is what, this is what this career is all about. I, I, there's, there was several, but I am, I think when I got actually got recruited for the college team, it just was a dream come true. And playing pro ball too, of course, but the college thing, and I thought I was finished because pro ball was over. And I figured that, how am I going to get any better than that? And then this came along. And to me, that was ultimately the best, the best experience that I ever had. Something that I wanted and never thought I would be able to do. So. so cool. So cool. So we've only got 30 seconds left. What advice do you have for people who are trying to stay active or thinking about maybe getting back into it? I think is, you know, don't stop. I mean, I think when you stop and you, you, you get to retirement age and you, you just try to, you say, I'm going to just sit and I get to watch TV and you can't stop. It's really a lot harder to start back up when you stop. So I just never stop, you know, swimming, be active, do whatever it is that you love to do. And, you know, you'll always be happy. That's what I'm saying. I love it. Great, great advice, CJ. Thank you so much for sharing some time with us. And uh, we can't wait to see you in October 
out on the ball, ball diamonds, uh, playing two age groups, as you said this year, lots of softball, but best of luck. And uh, we'll be watching for you in October here in St. George, Utah. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Kyle. Right. Thanks, CJ. Well, that was awesome. So many good things, so many good memories. If you want to have an experience like CJ and play in a senior softball tournament or in another sport, remember now is the time to get yourself registered. You want to register before August 1st and you can save yourself $20 off of your registration fee. You can get all the information that you need to know, the rules, the schedules, the maps, you name it. It's all at seniorgames.net. We also want to remind you that this is our 35th anniversary year. We've been talking about that all year long. We're giving away 35 registration fee waivers. So be sure that you follow us on social media at World Senior Games to find out how you can be able, you may be able to get your registration fee waived this year. And we also want to remind you as well to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and we turn it into a podcast and you can subscribe anywhere that podcasts are found. If you happen to be listening by podcast, take a moment and give us a rating, write a quick review that allows us to spread the word even further. And you can always find this as well as previous shows on our website, which is once again, seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought. This is a good one. I really like it. Be the type of person that you want to meet. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.